Hey, Tim. Hey, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall. Where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater. Welcome to week two of self-isolation. We are in it to win it. (laughs) (laughs) We are keeping ourselves busy with as many activities as possible. Uh, We're both professors, so obviously we have a lot to work on during the week, but we are excited for a new episode. And we are singing and dancing and acting our way through every single day right here in our house. That's right. And if you check our our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook feeds, you will see us in our craziness (laughs) every day. We're posting something new about something we're working on to try to motivate everybody out there. So if you want to check it out, follow us on our socials. I will put them in the link in the show notes. Great. What puzzler do you have for us this week, Tim? What famous composer has just celebrated their 90th birthday yesterday? Ooh, This is a good question. Yes. And if you don't know, you will soon enough. That's right. So what's in the news? Okay. A couple of things I just wanted to mention. Now, uh, Broadway is still closed. Mm -hmm. All regional theater is shut down. Most all of community theaters, um, university theaters, high school, K through 12 theaters, everything is shut down. Any place that has a public gathering of basically 50 or more is completely closed. Yes. And because many people missed their final performances, spring performances of musicals and plays, a lot of the right holders are allowing streaming. Um, Dramatist Play Service is allowing it. A few other licensing um, folks out there are going to allow plays. And then some companies are allowing musicals to stream if it's a youth theater and it's only certain musicals like Disney musicals, but right. it has to be n- non-for-profit. And there's some great guidelines if you check out your right holders. But we can only say we had that experience and we can move on if you didn't get to perform your musical, which I know you didn't get to do for a chorus line. That's right. We got shut down on our opening night, oh. but I'm trying to stay optimistic and I'm hoping that we will see a return sooner rather than later absolutely um a few other things that are happening in the news yeah so there's been these living room concerts so obviously broadway has moved on to social media right now everybody is online and so you know we're seeing all of these famous broadway performers uh taking their talent online either facebook twitter or instagram and they are doing what are called these living room concerts Uh, and that's in conjunction with Broadway World. Correct. So if you want to check any of them out, you can go to their website and they're really great. It's literally like... They're in their house and they're like with a guitar or a piano or just by themselves singing singing a song that they love to sing or something from the show that they're on right now. Yes. And I think it's really awesome because you can see like Kate Rockwell from Mean Girls. You can see... Um, Carolee Carmelo, Carmelo. Yeah. you get to see Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Um, you can um, do- Andy Carl um, from Pretty Woman and Orfei uh-huh. sings Rodeo Drive. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda is performing. Every, there's so many. One of Natalie Weiss did a performance. It's really interesting because you're just seeing people in their living room just chilling, singing That's a song right. like even you and I do on our social. <laughs> it's such an interesting time in the entertainment because you're seeing not only the Broadway and the theater community doing these, you know, living room concerts uh, at all levels, either Broadway or all the way down to a local level, but you're also seeing film and uh, TV move into this arena as well. And it's been made for some really creative and some really interesting entertainment. Absolutely. 
Anything else in the news you wanted to mention, Tim? There is a Twitter war going on between Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. They have a playoff challenge going on right now, so I don't know if any of you have been following Lin-Manuel or Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, but it's been really amusing to watch them go back and forth playing each other's songs uh, and trying to outdo each other. So if you're interested and want to have some light entertainment, check them both out on Twitter. And I just got to give you a plug, Tim. Mm -hmm. Every Monday evening, (laughs) Tim started this last week, but every Monday evening on his Facebook page, which is public, you can see Tim perform a live, um, what, 45-minute, one-hour set? About a 45-minute to one-hour dinner evening set. So it's going to be at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then I think Midwest around 8 o'clock. And you can, if you're planning your dinner around that time or dessert or, or, cocktail. just, or cocktails, uh, you can uh, turn up the music. I'm going to play live. I'm also taking requests as well. Uh, we're gonna, this uh, week, we're going to keep it a little funky. We're going to keep it upbeat and, and uh, fun. So um, check in on Facebook Live at 6 p.m. T- today, actually. If, if you're looking at this on Monday. Yes, so every, every, if you're Monday. listening Monday. So every Monday evening mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. Pacific time because we're in California still right now. And who knows? I may do a little Devil Went Down to Georgia. Hey, <laughs> and Tim, if you did not know, he's an electric violinist. So he's going to be jamming it out with the electric violin in our living room. That's I will right. be his stage manager. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's move on to our topic. I think our discussion for the news feeds right into what I what I wanted to discuss today. And I think this is very relevant to what is happening in our current time and especially as musical theater and theater performers, designers, artists, whatever your your specific field is in this industry. Right now we are dealing with an online industry, an online society because everyone is at home and everyone has to find a way to market and brand themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it would be a great idea to talk about How do you brand and essentially market what value that you can offer to the world in an online platform? Also, yes, this is a great conversation to have and a really topical one right now. Also, how to take the work that you have been doing in a face-to-face format and moving it to a digital format as well. And I know many, many of our colleagues and friends have been experiencing this challenge right now in real time, and we'd love to offer some solutions. Yes, I absolutely agree with you, Tim. Taking what we're already doing teaching-wise for private lessons, voice lessons, and being able to... Even dance lessons. Yes, absolutely. And being able to put that in an online platform. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I want to discuss, and I'll pose this question to you, Tim. What is the best way... And what explanation can you offer to somebody when you get the question of branding? Mm. So when you brand yourself, describe what that means for not only just a performer, but a designer, a stage manager, a, a teacher, whatever you are in this industry. I think it goes above and beyond just a website. I don't think it's just about, you know, creating a social media presence and a website. Of course, that is part of the branding experience. And those are kind of what I call the nuts and bolts of branding. But I think going deeper into the conversation, it's about your your who, your what are you selling to the world and how do you want to present that to the world? And I think a, even a, a, a better term would even be what value yeah. can you offer? Because yes, we're selling because we essentially are trying, it's our job, we're trying <laughs> to make money, but what value can you offer as an artist to other folks out there? That's right. And so 
I think it's important before you even start going to the nuts and bolts, thinking about what kind of value you can bring. How do you separate yourself from the rest of the other you know, 8,000 different online voice teachers that are going to be out there or dance instructors or acting instructors that are out there right now in social media world. And so by creating a niche for yourself, that is, I think, one avenue that you can start the process. I think also asking yourself some fundamental questions about what you want to sell to uh, your audience and who your audience is. So for example, uh, some questions you could ask yourself, Mm -hmm. what value do you bring to the table? What are you uniquely qualified to teach or guide or advise another artist? What special skills do you have that you can bring to the table? What makes you unique versus another lighting designer or stage manager? Who is your audience? Who are you trying to attract people to by way of a website or social media? And I think these questions, as you start to answer them first and foremost, will start guiding you on a pathway. Absolutely. And I think when you're asking yourself these questions, this is what is going to lead you to to your brand. Mm -hmm. And some other thoughts to consider to lead you to branding is what makes you you as a human being? Mm -hmm. Artist, yes, but also as a human being. And what kind of message do you want to convey to folks? Let's say you are a, a stage manager. What makes you such a wonderful stage manager because of who you are as a human being? I thought that's a great point that you bring up. Yes, obviously knowing, uh, uh, informing people about what you do and how you, well you do it, but also the other side of the equation, what part of your humanity do you bring to the table? What are some of your drives? What are your passions? Not just within, you know, let's use the example of stage management, uh, um, outside of just stage management, looking at the, the holistic version of yourself and trying to quantify a product that is universal, has universal appeal to a wider array of different audience members. Oh, that's really well said. Let's give some examples. So mm-hmm. when we were working on our branding last, uh, over a year ago, yeah. um, what was the one kind of theme that you you started working on that you picked up when you worked with, we both worked with Tony Howell on our branding and website? I remember Tony asked me, he said, what, what, do you want to commu- tell to, what do you want to communicate to your audience? And I said, I want them to know that I'm an actor, I'm a director, I am a musician, uh, and I'm also an educator. And then the next step Tony had asked uh, was, in what order are those of importance to you? And how do you want to target your audience in terms of importance? Well, I said, okay, first and foremost, director, educator, electric violinist, actor. That doesn't mean that any one of them are less important. It just means that's where my drive is kind of pushing me towards at this stage in my life. And once I'm able to quantify that, we started targeting audience audiences, attracting audiences in all of those various specific arenas, specifically for me, director, educator, as well as electric violinist. And then what was the one theme or message that you came up with that you wanted to focus on because of your passion as who you are as a human being? Basically, a kind of a brand message that would say that um, I am a unique artist that wants to bring uh, theater and music to underserved communities throughout the globe. And something I know that you really wanted to focus on was the aspect of you being somebody from the Latinx mm-hmm. community and being a voice and an advocate that's right. for that. And that's really what you focus on on your work in general. Um, so something that I 
focused on was I wanted to make sure we talked about multi-hyphenate mm-hmm. artist. And so if you missed that episode, go back and check it. I don't remember which episode it was, is off the top of my head, but we talked about being multi-hyphenate, which is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so what I focused on was um, actor, director, educator. And right now, my goals are being, it's so funny, we're totally opposite <laughs> right now. You flipped and actors kind of sort of, you know, are the last ones. Uh-huh. And right now, I have flipped and put actor as first right now. That's my goal right now, mm-hmm. is working as a performer and then um, uh, um, a director and then an educator. Mm-hmm. They're all equal, but we kind of have a level of importance. And so those are the three things that I focused on. Um, I wish I had a fourth one, Tim, but you're too amazing. No, so. but also, but also, <laughs> I think uh, going back to your brand message, which is uh, telling stories about strong, empowering women, uh, you know, and, and and collaborating with powerful voices that are represented within the female genre. I think that's something that you are very passionate about and you discovered even more passionately about through your work with Tony. Yes. And using musical theater as an educational device mm-hmm. and um Uh, and cultural change that's something that I've worked on quite often with my students at UCI having discussions about musical theater and females and females in all aspects stage management designers and so yes that was my focus um, I I think what we're trying to quantify is the fact that it's not just about getting online and putting up a website it's if you do all this self-inventory work prior to actually going into the nuts and bolts, it's going to make the nuts and bolts component of your branding work so much richer because you're going to have a wealth of information to put into your site from the onset because you've done this self-inventory work. And oftentimes, the, 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 this can be the most personal aspect of branding. And sometimes there's some really tough questions that you have to ask yourself. And you know, it's not that like saying, for me, for example, saying by me choosing to be a direct to pour more of my energy at this time in my life, this season of my life into directing an, uh, directing an education and electric violin. It doesn't mean that I'm pushing acting to the wayside. It just means that in this season of my life, this is where the focus is going to live, but that could easily change as the wind changes just depends on where I am. Absolutely. I mean, mine just changed this past year to Mm -hmm. put educator not in the forefront because I just felt a passion to be performing again. And so I made that shift and, Anybody out there can easily make that shift as well. And I think we need to be okay with shifting in our lives. Yes. Once you you establish an initial identity in terms of branding, you have to be okay with saying that this will change over time. As we grow and as we evolve, so will our brand. I think that's important to understand, you know, and we've been talking a lot about this um, through all the trials and tribulations we've been going through these last couple months, asking ourselves some serious questions about, you know, what we want individually for ourselves and as a couple and so you know i know we were talking you were talking a lot about you know um going to new york and re-auditioning in new york now that we're in a uh financial and uh, emotional place where you think you can take on that challenge again (laughs) i think i can (laughs) hopefully Uh, can't wait but that's something that um you know has your brand has shifted a little bit more you're still focused on the performer but less so so on the educator at this season in your life for me I'm making that shift to move a little bit out of academia, not in terms of direction, and move into the regional professional circuit in terms of direction. So how I start to shift my brand is going to be more towards less, less towards academic directing and more towards professional directing to try and build up my professional credits as a director. I think something for everyone that's listening to consider right now and to answer for yourself is what do you feel passionately about doing? 
Mm-hmm. What do you want to do right now? What do you want to spend your time cultivating for the next, say, six months or a year? Mm-hmm. And being able to say it out loud and being able to say, I want to be an actor. I want to mm-hmm. be a designer. I be a musician or yes. a designer or director or whatever. Choreographer, musical director and saying, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go work towards that. Many people that I work with say, well, I just don't know if I'm good enough. Well, mm-hmm. How do you know until you just go for it? And that's the scariest thing is pouring all of your creative and either financial or emotional energy into that avenue and saying, I'm going to try this and commit myself in all aspects of my branding uh, to try and bring some kind of lucrative uh, experience to that. I think we should shift gears also and do talk a little bit about nuts and bolts. uh, Absolutely. That is very much an important part of the conversation as well. My last thought on that as we move into, as we leave the branding aspect is the positive, we always talk about positive change, (laughs) right? And so a positive change, I think that everybody can kind of take away from this conversation as we move into nuts and bolts as well. But to take away is being able to say, I want to be an actor Mm -hmm. and going for it. And and Ashley and I are sitting here (laughs) as an affirmation to all of you to say that, if you really, the power of putting it out there, I know that yes. sounds really like holistic and blah, 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 but we have, for a year, we have put so much of our time, emotional wealth and uh, financial wealth into this shifting perspective of branding. And we can both testify that the dividends have been tenfold. Uh, you know, we have stayed the course and there have been some trials and tribulations, but ultimately at the end, uh, sitting here today after about a year, a little over a year of doing the branding work, it has fundamentally changed our lives Mm -hmm. for the better. As artists and human beings, but I know that with everything going on in the world right now, it's easy to be like, oh, I'll just, I'll I'll go find a quote, normal job. Mm -hmm. Do what makes you excited to do every single day, what you want to get up and work on every day and be happy with that and excited about that and motivated and just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, there's my, there my positive change. Let's move into nuts and bolts. I yeah. love that. So nuts and bolts. What are the nuts and bolts of branding? Uh, your social media presence. Uh, whether you like it or not, you have to have a presence online and that can manifest in a number of ways. Your website is going to be your home. That is going to be the place where you exist, where you want to pull as many people to that environment as possible. Um, so website? Website. It's your online home. Mm-hmm. You Everything starts from that point. A great example right now is I just gave away free online coaching sessions mm-hmm. for this week to give as a gift to others out there. And I did it from my website. And it was easy because it was all navigated in one location. So your online home, it's home base. Yes. So your website. And there are a lot of nuts and bolts within the website that, you know, we could talk about. Uh, If you have questions, you can always send either Ashley or myself a uh, message. And that's what I do all the time is Mm -hmm. I, part of my coachings that I'm doing online now are branding and website and answering the basic questions to get you started. That's right. Social media. Um, You've got to have a Facebook account. You've got to have an Instagram. You've got to have a Twitter. You've got to have a LinkedIn. And even going as far as having a YouTube or a Vimeo account. Yeah, you need YouTube. At least YouTube. Vimeo, eh, I don't know. It's it's there if you had the technology, but definitely YouTube. But something that has changed for me fundamentally over the course of this year and month or two months uh, regarding how I view social media, I don't post really anything unless I know it is connected to my brand 
or connected to who I, how I want to serve the world at large. I don't do it out of an, I, I don't post on social media as a necessity to be, to be, Hey, look at me. I'm important. You know, um, I post because I want to tell or communicate to the world that there is something about myself that is unique and interesting that I want to share with everyone. And that has changed in a healthy way how I view social media. I think social media is a great way to market yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is another discussion that we can have is marketing yourself with exactly what you just said. How can I serve others? Mm -hmm. How can I offer value instead of screaming, jumping up and down (laughs) in your arms and legs saying, hey, look at me, look at me. I'm singing a song. I'm posting a video of me performing. There's a a healthy balance there, I think. Yes. And deciding on what I'm going to put out in the world and what I'm not going to put out in the world because Mm -hmm. this is the challenging part of social media. (laughs) Once you put it out there, it's out there. Communicating to the world that you have value to bring and that there is something unique about yourself that you want to share with the world. Uh, is is a really healthy way to approach your posting on social media. Yes, and and people are all over social media, not just before, but really right now. And it's just a great way for you to be seen, I think. And, you know, uh, I think uh, on Google, you know, many people, you know, they say, oh, I'll Google this person, Tim yes. Espinosa or Ashley. But more often than not, I feel like people are moving now towards, oh, I'm going to see if they're on Facebook or see if they're on Instagram. Yes. And, uh, you know, we make... I think we make most of our uh, social media public, which is a scary yes. thing too, because we are saying that we have no problem with the entire world seeing our business. Personal is business and business is personal 100%. in this industry. And I think that's something really important to note. This business, this industry is personal. When people hire you or work with you or want to connect with you, it is because of who you are as a human being and business is personal. Well, we're going to wrap it up. If you have any questions that you want to ask either Ashley or myself about branding for theater uh, or as an artist in general, even as a musician, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, you know, our information is in the notes of our episodes. And uh, let's go back to the puzzler. All right. Who's turning 90? Who <laughs> so, just turned 90? Celebrating his 90th birthday on March 22nd, the one and only Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim. Yes, congratulations. 90 years old, quite a milestone, still going strong. And, uh, you know, we celebrate the amazing body of work that Stephen Sondheim has given us, you know, uh, often considered the father of contemporary musical theater. Uh, he's still going strong and we celebrate you, Stephen. Yes, I was so fortunate to do Sondheim on Sondheim at Moonlight before they closed the AVO with when they were doing their work down there and directed by the most amazing female director. I love her, DJ Gray. <laughs> so shout out to DJ if she's listening. And we just want to remind everyone out there that uh, as we continue this process of self-isolation uh, during these challenging times, also look at the opportunity that you have to utilize social media, to utilize the digital world of online technology, to advance yourself, to advance your career, and advance your presence. Uh, We're here to support you. We're all in this together. And keep your head up, stay strong, and uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be stronger and better at the end of this process. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week.